0: Mark
1: how are you Hi Mildred thank you for uh, hosting us today uh, just as a brief introduction to me um, my name is Mark Miller I have a I haven't had a doctorate in, in psychology but I work as a professional coach and I am currently the uh, president of the uh, Long Island chapter of the International Coach Federation uh, I have that honor and I will be talking a little bit about ICF, the International Coach Federation, which is a global organization, and I'll also include some information about our local chapter. Um, ICF is a global organization made up of professional coaches, and it's, as far as I know, the largest uh, organization of professional coaches in the world. Uh, ICF has um, approximately 32,000 members Throughout the, the world, the globe, from 140. Go. Okay. So, my name is Mark Miller. Um, I am the current president of uh, the International Coach Federation's Long Island chapter. And I'm going to be telling you a little bit about uh, in, the International Coach Federation, ICF, which is a global coaching organization uh, comprised of about 32,000 members all over the world, literally, in 143 countries, and that includes 131 chapters. Um, I, I recently, a couple of weeks ago, got back from a conference called the Global Leadership Forum that was held in Vancouver, Canada. And the experience of being there with professional coaches from all over the world, from every continent, um, was an amazing experience. So what distinguishes ICF and ICF coaches from other people who define themselves as coaches is that ICF has very high standards for what it means to be a coach. Uh, people who are, become members of ICF have to have completed a course of study in professional coaching, uh, and and those courses of study are Um, accredited by ICF with very high standards. Uh, ICF coaches adhere to a code of ethics that clearly defines ethical behavior for coaches, the responsibility we have to protecting clients' confidentiality, for example, uh, for honesty and integrity, etc. And uh, we have a, a, uh, a set of uh, core competencies there are eleven core competencies that define what coaching and what coaching sessions are about. Um, we are not the same as psychotherapists we are not the same as um, as mentors or or advisors um, or uh, consultants uh, at the uh, The program that we're going to be giving at the Hillside Library in May will go into more detail about how we, as coaches, distinguish ourselves from those other professions. But one way that's really most important is that um, we don't tell people what to do. We don't give advice. We help people find their own solutions. And we do that primarily by allowing and helping the client set their own goals And by active listening, we listen to what they say, we ask questions to clarify what they're saying, and we ask what we call powerful questions, which are the kind of questions that help clients get to a deeper level of self-understanding and clarification of what they want to do and and how they want to achieve those goals. Um, People who might call themselves coaches and don't have the kind of training and And um, the guidelines that ICF provide oftentimes give advice. They tell people what they should be doing. Um, That's not coaching. Coaching allows individuals who are in coaching to find their own solutions. We respect their autonomy. We respect their decision-making. But we help people come to more clarity about what might be underneath the surface so that they can make the best decisions and, and plan Uh, the best course of action in their lives and in their professions. So I hope that gives a clarification of ICF. Do you require
0: ongoing training and, you know, um, continuing education certification? Mm -hmm. Yes, we
1: do. And uh, that actually helps me uh, focus on something that's called credentialing. Um, to be an ICF member, you have to have had a certain amount of training that's, a, that's a, a accredited by ICF. Uh, there are also standards for different credentials, and um, there are three different levels of, of credentialed coaching. Um, the, the lowest level, the most basic level, is ACC. Several of our board members are ACCs, uh, which stands for Associate Certified Coach. There are PCCs, Professional Certified Coach, and the highest level is MCC, Master uh, Certified Coach. And in order to maintain your standards and your standing in ICF, you have to have a certain amount of, uh, of ongoing continuing education. And uh, to be credentialed and to maintain your credentialing, those standards are pretty high. So um, there are... A lot of different ways of getting continuing education. You can do it through training programs and you can do it through ICF directly. Um, and you can do it through the chapters, all of which have programs that provide uh, what we call CCEUs, continuing coach education credits or units. Um, so ongoing training is a very important part of what we do. Coaching is a, is a, is a cutting-edge field. It's really incredible the advances in coaching that have been going on recently. And a lot of coaching uh, that's really at the cutting edge taps into what uh, neuroscientists are are learning about the way the brain works and the way we process information, the way we communicate, the way our emotions can either interfere with our clear thinking or enhance our thinking. So, you know, that's all new stuff. That's real, really uh, science, science that's developing, on an ongoing basis over the past, you know, 10 years or even less, the advances in understanding how our brains work and how that connects with how we process information and come to decisions has, has been revolutionized. So um, we take it that very, it's very ve- seriously.
0: Yeah, it's ah. very exciting. Two, um, two avenues. First of all, someone who wants to be a coach. So many people, I think, just say, oh, poof, I'm a coach, you know, and off they go. They have a level of expertise in their field and then feel they can coach, which how should they get started? And then we can talk about um, someone who needs a coach. How do they start? Where do they go so they don't get trapped into... uh, and disillusion with somebody
1: who's really not a coach. Yeah, great well, questions. Um, yeah, a lot of people who have done something else in their lives, uh, and then they sometimes retire, sometimes they're um, laid off from the jobs that they've had as as people in the business world or a variety of other professions decide I can be a coach and. Knowing how to do something is not the same as knowing how to help other people develop their skills in that area. Um, So a lot of people who are out there, and some of whom are very successful in terms of their coaching practices, are not ICF members. They're not ICF trained. And some of them might even intuitively know how to do coaching. But I think most people who uh, go about becoming coaches in that way are not really doing what ICF uh, practitioners and members see as coaching. Um, so I would recommend to somebody who really is serious about becoming a professional coach to go to the ICF global website, which is uh, coachfederation.org um, and look at the, the criteria that uh, ICF puts out about what qualifies you to be a coach. And usually that involves a training program that's a minimum of 60 hours of training in coaching. Some people think, well, I know how to do this. I don't need to go to, to school. I don't have to pay more money to learn how to do what I just do naturally. I'm a great listener. All my friends and acquaintances say, wow, you're, really, you're such a great listener or you give such great advice. But again, coaches shouldn't be giving advice. We should be listening. We should be asking the kind of questions that help our clients clarify what's the right answer for them. And that's not as easily done as it might seem. You know, so to really be a professional coach and to do it in the way that we consider optimal um, takes training. Self-awareness is probably the most important part of it. Um, you know, something I'm particularly interested in and a lot of coaches integrate in their work is emotional intelligence. The most vital and basic aspect of, of emotional intelligence is self-awareness. In order to be a coach, you have to really look at yourself, understand yourself, looking at, look at your own blind spots, looking at, look at your own triggers of what kind of gets you going in a way that can get you off focus. Our focus as coaches is on our clients, uh, what our clients are saying, what our clients are feeling, and what our clients need to get to the next level in terms of their goals. Any other questions, Mildred?
0: What about someone who, uh, in fact, I met someone a couple of weeks ago at a Chamber of Commerce meeting, and she said, I think I need a coach. (laughs) Uh
1: Uh-huh.
0: So... for someone like that, I mean, I guess they're going to sit down and they're going to Google coaches, but I wasn't even sure if she knew what kind of coach she was mm-hmm. looking for, you know? So yeah. what, what do you think's the best, uh, the best approach look in your field or just Google or. Well, it's
1: a broad I, you know, okay. as, as the president of uh, the Long Island uh, chartered chapter of of ICF I certainly have a bias and that is to uh, to to um, go to our website which is icf-longisland.org.com rather, right? I think that's it. icf-li.com which is the uh, website for for the Long Island chapter of ICF. We have uh, a page which includes uh, our coaches, pe- people who are members of our chapter, uh, starting with members of the board, um, and, uh, and a brief description of the kind of coaching our members do. So we will be talking a little bit later, I think Irene will be doing that, um, to explain different kinds of coaching, different areas of focus for coaches. Um, but I think with my, with my bias, which is pro-ICF and ICF Long Island, we have excellent coaches who are well-trained, many of whom have credentials from ICF. And rather than just doing a blind search or, you know, hearing word of mouth, if you hear word of mouth from somebody who says, I have a phenomenal coach, sure, um, hopefully whoever that person is is also an ICF member.
0: And you do remote coaching as well, because we're here on Long Island, so it would be possibly easier to get some, you know, connect with someone. But if you're in a more remote area, you still Mm -hmm. can do remote coaching
1: as well. For sure. Right? Yeah. I would would say that most, I don't know what the percentages are, but many, let's say, many ICF coaches – um, don't coach face-to-face. Uh, you know, I, I was a psychotherapist. I Now I define myself as a professional coach. But a lot of what I did over many, many years of, of doing therapy uh, was face-to-face uh, sessions. I still prefer that, but I do phone sessions. I do um, Skype or, or comparable kind of sessions on a computer. Um, you know, when, when you speak uh, with Josh and Irene, you can get input from them on that as well. Uh, but remote coaching is kind of pretty standard. So no matter where somebody lives, um, they can live anywhere in the world, as a matter of fact, and you can have coaching sessions with them remotely. So, you know, that's something that I think makes it a very powerful tool. You know, the Internet and, and you know, modern technology allows us to connect you know anywhere in the country and in the globe. So it's, it's really totally open.
0: Yeah, no, I think it's great, and I think that's why you're having um, maybe before we'll talk about your particular area of expertise at the end, but, um, Josh, maybe you could start talking about the events. You're holding several events coming up to help get the word out.
2: Sure. Uh, This is the first year that uh, ICF Long Island, as it as a chapter, is going to be uh, participating in International Coaching Week. Um, And International Coaching Week is an international celebration that was first started in 1999 by ICF Master Certified Coach Jerry N. Udelson, and its purpose is to educate the public about the value of working with a professional coach and acknowledge the results and progress made through the coaching process. And during this week-long celebration, ICF chapters and coaches around the world host a variety of activities and deliver pro bono services in their local communities that enable others to experience coaching and its benefits firsthand. And this this year, we have two events. We have collaborated with both the Hillside Public Library in New Hyde Park and the Urban League of Long Island. And we have a um, bunch of uh, a, all different kinds. Uh, in these two events, we have... Um, One of them is an educational panel where we'll showcase um, what is coaching and the benefits of coaching, and Irene will get into more detail about that. And the the other event is a speed coaching networking event hosted by the Urban League of Long Island, and it'll take place at the Digital Ballpark in Plainview, New York, from 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. on Thursday, May 10th. And this event will allow individuals to experience many pro bono coaching sessions. Um, i c. f. Long Island credential Coaches will be conducting the free coaching sessions on site.
0: Um, if so so that primarily so people, whether they want to be coached or want to learn about coaching, can come to either one of these sessions, right?
2: Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. Either one of these events, Uh, we have one. So the Urban League event is going to, it will be the uh, pro bono coaching event. So if they want to try out coaching, we are doing, we're doing mini speed coaching sessions and it's a networking event. Um, And uh, the other, the Hillside Public Library event is on the, the, it's on May 8th. And uh, they can come down, and we're going to educate with that. We have a distinguished panel, and Irene uh, will get into detail about what that event's about. But we have an educational event that we're running, and we have a a pro bono event that we're doing. And uh, that's the way that we're celebrating Coaching Week this year.
0: Or do you podcast regularly or are there videos, uh, you know, do you have a YouTube channel on the, on the website that also gives people if
2: they can't make one of those? We have uh, our website is uh, wwwicf com. People can go to that event th- th- there and, and learn about our chapter but we act, we're, we're really um, encouraging a lot of people to come out to these events. Um, Co- Coaching Week in 2018 is from May 7th to May 13th, and uh, we're also going to be having after that event. We'll we'll also have our normal chapter meetings. So if you go to our website, um, you can learn all about our events. We have a, a whole events page there.
0: And, and you have events that people can attend just to get a sense of, you know, of coaching without being a member? Do you have like open events like that? Yeah.
2: Each month we have monthly meetings. Uh, so if you come down to these two, these two showcase events for coaching week, You'll find out more about how to join our our um, ma- email list and uh, we send out um, uh, emails um, through the through uh, a monthly meeting announcements of each of our programs um, and e- and we do have members that are not uh, members of our chapter that are not current Credentialed coaches, but that are interested in coaching and enjoy the group and come out and network and learn more about coaching. And we we always encourage them to keep uh, learning more about the field and maybe maybe uh, joining an accredited coach training program and becoming credential coaches themselves. But we each month they anyone can come by and. Uh, we are, we have our ma- monthly meetings at the residence, the residence in, the Marriott Residence inn in Plainview.
0: Hmm. And okay.
2: so it's not, it's uh, right off the Seaford Oyster Bay Expressway, so it's not too hard to get to. And um, we always encourage people to come out to our meetings.
0: It's interesting your approach to uh, get people to talk and come to their own conclusions. Now, maybe Irene, thank you, um, Josh. We'll get back to your area of expertise. We'll let Irene go now. If you'll, Irene, tell us about this panel at the library. It should be a great event. It's a great building and venue. So uh, Mm -hmm. maybe you could tell us about that.
3: Yes, our event at the Hillside Library is going to be on May 8th, and it's going to be at 7 o'clock. And it's going to be informative, interesting, inspiring, and fun. And we're going to have our panelists engaging with our audience uh, from the very beginning. We're going to play a game after we get to introduce them. We're going to play our version of the newlywed game to get to know each other. And then we're going to start with our panel uh, speaking. And uh, our first speaker will be Mary Beth Krauss, who's the past president of Long Island ICF. And she has a degree in social and organizational behavior, and she has her professional certificate from NYU for coaching and development. And she's also a certified facilitator for Too Young to Retire. And uh, Mary Beth, her role is in her coaching to work with women and develop the strategies to navigate their careers and to figure out what comes next for them. And her topic is called Finding Your Pathways to a Successful Career and Life. And then from Mary Beth, we go to Josh, who you've been talking to, and he's going to do something interesting. And I'd like Josh to just uh, pick up a little bit here and explain your part before I continue with other people.
2: Sure. Thank you, Irene. I will be uh, presenting on um, a tour of what a typical coaching process is, there are there are different coaching processes, but we uh, this gives the a person that is new to new to coaching or is not um, used to what coaching is and as Mark was talking about, there are some people that might have different ideas of what coaching might be so what this tour does is it walks someone through a typical coaching session. It might not necessarily be the same coaching session that, um, that every coach follows, but it's, uh, it's a basic idea of what you might expect within a coaching session. And it walks someone through it, start to finish. And uh, hopefully that'll um, educate the, the people that are new to coaching or don't know much about it of what they might experience,
0: and and I think that's so important because people might want a coach but don't know really what uh, a coach should be providing for them. So I
3: think that's great, Irene. Next, yeah. So then Mark Mark's going to be very, viewing a very interesting topic, and I know the people will be interested in the different types of coaching he mentions and also his topic. So. I'll turn this over to Mark and take it back later.
1: okay thank you Irene.
3: Um, yeah so the areas of coaching
1: that I specialize in are a couple um, for the most part I consider myself an executive leadership coach which means that um, and this is the tr- you know the primary focus of, of what I do I work with executives, Um, senior managers in organizations, uh, professionals, lawyers, accountants, uh, engineers, etc. But but the principles of coaching apply to anybody in any profession. These people are generally people who are
2: kind of in the
1: upper uh, management and leadership positions in companies. Sometimes companies hire me directly to coach members of their executive team or their management team. Sometimes professionals or other people hire me uh, and work with me on a personal level. Um, So I either see them in my home office face-to-face or do it remotely, as we mentioned before. Um, And I also am a certified divorce coach. So that's another area of expertise that I have. I work with people who are um, going through divorce and working with attorneys or mediators But the divorce process is a very stressful one. So um, the title of the talk I'm going to be doing at the library or the kind of focus of what I'm going to be speaking about is um, is the the role of self-awareness. So how does self-awareness about your emotions uh, improve your success as a professional, a leader, and a person? Um, so this actually dovetails with what I said earlier about um, emotional intelligence and about the neuroscience uh, that we're learning more and more about. We all have emotional triggers, every one of us. There are things that upset us. There are things that, that, that anger us. There are things that, that feel emotionally threatening or hurtful to us, as well as things that make us happy and feel good about ourselves. Um, but when there are situations in life that trigger a negative or upsetting emotional reaction, um, a part of our brain gets activated, called the amygdala. And when that happens, the, the thinking part of our brain, which is in the front of our brain, the prefrontal cortex, actually shuts down. When we're under a lot of emotional upset, we don't think clearly. So part of what I do, and I think a lot of coaches do it, whether they're consciously aware of it or just intuitively doing it, But a lot of what coaching is about is helping people get perspective, calm down, calm down the level of emotion and the, uh, you know, the upset that's interfering with their clear thinking so they can step back and have more perspective on what the situation is, what's triggered them. And when they're calmed down, when we are calmed down, because this applies to every one of us, we can think more clearly and come to better judgments and decisions about what to do in our lives. So whether I'm working with executives, leaders, um, professionals, or regular people who are just dealing with their jobs and their, and their uh, family lives and their marriages, et cetera, or specifically working with people who are facing the additional stress that divorce usually uh, involves, I'm really helping people get aware of their emotions, get some distance from them, and come to better decision-making because they're not just consumed by their emotions. And that's what I'll be talking about uh, at at the library.
0: Uh, I thought it was fascinating the last time we spoke. I didn't realize there was divorce coaches, but uh-huh. I think it really would have been helpful. <laughs> and, I, <laughs> yeah. I, could, I I you know, and ours was as good as it was going to get, you
1: know. I mean, we, yeah. you know. But it's still very, uh, it's still very stressful. It's, even when us. it's as good as, 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 you know, kind of, a, uh, you know, people are as, as mature about it as they can be, it's still a tremendous stress to end a yep. marriage, even if it's by mutual agreement. Mm-hmm. And, you know, lawyers are great at representing their clients, but they're not so great at dealing with the emotional stuff. That's not their area of expertise. You know, and not too many people go through a divorce, even when it's as congenial as it can be, without feeling a lot of upset. So thank yeah. you for, for sharing that. Yeah. Uh,
0: I and I think also to understanding the neuroscience behind it. I mean, the 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 information coming out and the the diagrams and the videos and the explanations are just you know uh, terrific and uh, even be able to understand that or understand why you can't get a grip on it. You know,
1: it's not just you, you know, so. uh, Yeah, yeah, it really helps when I explain to my clients, you know, which I kind of did in a very quick way just now, but it really helps for people to understand what literally is happening inside their brains. We don't see that. We don't, it's only recently that, you know, the, we have these fMRI pictures of what parts of the brain light up and which parts go mm-hmm. dark during different times. But we, we see that the neuroscience really confirms what we've kind of always intuitively known, that, you know, when emotions take over, you know, rational thinking kind of goes out the window. And it's yeah. only when we can calm down and mm-hmm. get a perspective on it that we can think more clearly and make better judgments.
0: Okay, Irene, you want to tell us about the next person? I have
3: two more that I want to spotlight. Um, One is someone who recently appeared in Newsday in the Long Island Business section, uh, and she's known for her awards in her work in diversity and inclusion, and that's Lois Cooper, who has an MBA, and she's the director of programs at our Long Island International Coach Federation. She's an author, a public speaker, and a consultant, and um, I believe that she's going to represent the inner coaching. So people who work, come from organizations might be very interested in her talk because they might want to bring a coach into their company or their organization to help uh, the efficiency and the teamwork and what uh, the, the whole tone of the company. And her topic is going to be uh, coaching in an organization, and she'll explain internal coaching and touch on the kinds of coaching that are done, maybe diversity Communication or outplacement coaching. And then lastly, we have John Little, and he's currently the membership director of Long Island ICF, and he's a leadership executive coach. And what's interesting is all our coaches have a whole other background besides coaching. And for John, he has strong professional experience in process improvement, software development, ministry, and education. But now he works with senior, middle-level, and high-potential professionals um, who realize that they've reached a point that they need to make a change if they want to keep having impact. And the title of his talk is going to be Coaching from the Plateau. So he, he can help people see what comes next if they feel they've plateaued. So that rounds out our panel discussion. And from there, we're going to have a Q&A an opportunity for networking, and then um, a chance for people to understand how they can get the complimentary coaching sessions from one of the coaches. Aren't you going to speak on the panel? I'm a panel moderator. What about Irene? Yeah, I'm going to be the moderator, so I got a chance to uh, get to know all the coaches very well, and Uh I will do the transitioning, and I'm looking forward to the night. It should be fun.
0: Oh, good. I think it's going to be very interesting. I mean, what are you going to do for the uh, speed coaching? How are you going to run
3: that? Well, Josh, I'll let you explain that how that's going to happen. Do you want to do that, Josh? Sure. Okay. Yeah,
2: I, okay. I, I So, so what? Um, what? Uh, Lo, Lois is the chair of the Urban League, and they are going to be do. Uh, she's with. She she serves on the board with Teresa Sanders, and they're going to be doing a podcast uh, in the future uh, with Mark, uh, more about this uh, event. But just to take you into a little bit of what 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 they're planning is, they're going to secure uh, four rooms at the Digital Ball Park that will be private and confidential and they their coaching sessions that we're going to have will be twenty minutes apiece, and people can sign up and register for that event um, through their through through the urban league website and they could or they could come down and they could uh on site uh, register and um the when When they're done coaching, there's a networking opportunity too to meet not just the coaches and i c f Long Island but also to learn more about each other and uh, how um, how even i c f Long Island might be able to uh, help them or how a coach might might be able to help them so that event's going to be uh, from uh, 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. and uh, we we what's welcome. The,
1: what's the date, Josh? May 10th. Thursday, okay. May 10th. And the digital ballpark is in Plainview, correct? Yes, that's correct. Okay,
3: good. And back to Mildred, I want to I want to add to that. What we're going to say. Someone cannot go to that second event. We are going to let people network or t- contact or talk with the coach they'd like to have a complimentary coaching session with off-site. So it could be something that's arranged after, for after coaching week. So they will still have an opportunity to have a coaching session, a pro bono session. Um, okay. So we're going to allow for that also. So everyone should have a chance to experience coaching, one place or another.
0: I think it's great. I think it's fabulous that you guys are putting this together. I think uh so well needed by everyone, um, you know, whether you're starting a new job or you're in a job like the plateau, uh, maybe what we could do now, and sorry to be jumping around, but uh, we also have links so that you can register for the Hillside Library event and we'll also have links for registering for the uh uh Urban League event too. So Irene maybe you could tell us a little bit about your coaching uh area and then we can have uh Josh and uh Mark finish up with their in their areas. So
3: Yes, well, I'm a former teacher and became very interested in what goes on outside the classroom and how lives are going, and I became eventually a millennial success coach, and I work with 20 and 30-somethings to develop the skills they need to advance in both their professional and personal lives with clarity, confidence, and minimal stress, and um, I also have a background where I can work with individuals who have ADHD, so I work with young people adults. And I'm sure you do a great job. I know you and I
0: work on some marketing things together and some event things. And um, it's always a pleasure to work with you on this. So you're grasping new ideas and willing to try something out and give it a go. So um, uh, Mark, maybe you Mm can... I, you spoke some about yours, but anything else you'd like to add
1: about the specific kind of work that I do? Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. Um, I'll mention something that just happened today. Uh, one of my one of my corporate uh, clients, and actually my best client, is an engineering firm uh, that's uh, in Suffolk County. And um, when I when I first started working with someone there it was because the the boss was concerned about his 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 top engineer the senior, the senior project engineer who's a great engineer and kind of had a supervisory role over everybody else but had a terrible has a terrible had a ter- I'll put it in the past tense had a terrible temper if anybody uh-huh. you know and many people didn't live up to his standards he'd yell scream and curse at them and mm-hmm. very few people wanted to work with him and a few people quit. A few of the younger people just couldn't take it anymore. So the boss who's is, is the senior person in, in this particular office. This is a, an engineering firm that has offices throughout the country. This is the Long Island, and it's also a New York branch, New York City. Um, actually had a, the HR department uh, in their headquarters in New Jersey. I guess Google Executive Coaching Long Island. They found our uh, ICF Long Island website, uh, saw so my uh, picture and, and uh, bio, which fit in perfectly with what they were looking for for this guy. Um, I came in, met the boss, he, he and I hit it off, and I worked with the senior project manager engineer for uh, probably a little bit more than six months, and he made tremendous progress, and his, he learned how to control his temper, and connect in a much more positive way with people. He, he's an old-fashioned guy, and, he said, you know, and I said to him, you know, this isn't going to change you, but it's going to give you better control over that temper of yours, and it worked. So now he's actually in the New York City office. He's doing very, very well. Oh, good. Um, so anyway, I, I'm three uh, senior project managers at this engineering firm uh, in Suffolk County, all of whom are in their 30s, very competent, bright engineers, but everybody has their areas that need development, and that's what I'm helping each one of them with. One of them, who happens to be a woman, um, has been having problems um, with time management, and she was, she was uh, paired off with, with uh, an administrative assistant who was a very structured person. And in theory, they should have gotten along great, but they've been having problems. So for the first time today, I went in and had a meeting that included the, the engineer, uh, the administrative assistant, and me uh, talking about their communication and what's been getting in the way and what can be improved. And it was a phenomenal hour and 15 minutes that we spent together. Um, even, even prior to our meeting, they, they communicated yesterday about something that had been bothering the administrative assistant, uh, and we talked about that, and um, it was just very gratifying for me to be helpful. I think they're on the right track, and we'll, meet, we'll, we'll connect again in, in uh, maybe about a month. But coaching can be done one-on-one. It could also be done uh, with, with groups of people, and sometimes I work with teams. In this case, it was, two, it was a, a senior engineer and, and her assistant, Who needed help in their communication, and it was a great coaching session. And and I actually uh, just uh, before our call got an email, saw an email from the administrative assistant who who uh, let me know how valuable it was for her. So, you know, part of what we all do as coaches, yeah, part of what we do as coaches is, you know, help people in business situations, in life situations, and you know, yeah, we. This is how we. For our livings, but it's also helping people that is the main motivation. Now, most people on jobs, everybody wants to get paid, but if you're not doing something you really love and if you don't feel you're being acknowledged and you're doing something meaningful, it just doesn't work. And that's true for the people I'm working with, you know, in this engineering firm and, you know, all, other, all my other clients. And it's true for us as well. We choose to be coaches and we're we're committed to it and passionate about it because we know it works we know it helps people and we feel good about it i felt great about you know the help that i gave today
0: yeah and and that's why i think it's so important to have be could you know have credentials because your knowledge and you're dealing with people's lives, really, you know. And, yeah. it, you know, just having, oh, experience in your field doesn't give you the experience to draw it out in someone else. Um, uh, Josh, so you want to tell us a little bit about what you're doing
2: these days? Sure. I'm a uh, personal branding and career coach that uh, has worked with adults locally in the greater New York area and around the world, spanning the continents of Asia, Australia, South America, Europe, Africa, North America. And uh, I have worked with people that are in career transition or they're individuals that are coming to career coaching, looking to work with a coach uh, and do some mock interviews and coach around uh, being more successful with that, and also work on um, updating their uh, presence and some of their um, business documents, like resumes, CVs, and uh, I work I work with, that, uh, with people on, on, those doc, on those documents and those tools as well. And uh, just to continue talking about some of the credentials and accreditation, I uh, come from the University of Texas at Dallas, uh, Naveen Jindal School of Management and with a Master's of Science in Organizational Behavior. I went to George Mason University. School of Business and got a professional certificate in human resource management. I went to the SUNY Plattsburgh and got a bachelor's in mass communications, and I fused that all together with my ACC credential. I'm a certified professional resume writer, certified employment interview professional, uh, social media manager manager. Uh, certifi- certified, and I'm a. Uh, there's an assessment that, that I offer called the Winslow Dynamics Profile, and I'm certified facilitator of that. And I've used all these tools and experiences. I come from the broadcast industry and worked for 13 years with at e- uh, both ESPN and MTV. And when we put all that together. Um, a lot of the clients are walking away uh, with a very nice, visually sound uh, um, presence on across social media, or um, their documents are ready to go, or if they're doing video interviewing, they have, uh, after working with me and working with someone that's been in the field, uh they get an idea of some how, how to be more successful uh working with someone that that understands uh a lot about video production and uh that's a new trend that's coming out uh lately uh for job applicants um, they send they they set up the application and uh um, the applicant uh, applies for the job uh, through that application, through their through their video, and having that presence and knowing how to be more successful doing that um, helps them as they as they embark on their journey.
0: Excellent. I mean, that really sounds great. I know we'd like to do a. Uh, a video blog cast of uh, with you guys. And I think that uh, that might be one thing we should talk about there. Definitely. Uh, How to get another question. I can see is how to get the most out of your video session as because you're not right in the same room with someone. So that might be something you could think about and we can talk about when we get to do that um, yeah I, w-
2: I would say if anyone's listening to this call and just wants the, the biggest key is to put up a little mark a little sticker right right near your, your camera and look at that and don't look at your screen don't look at the side just look at that mark and mm-hmm. uh, mark but um, just look at that mark and uh that'll keep your eyes right on the camera and that'll that'll take you very far and you could be more successful just by doing that.
0: That's excellent. That's great. Uh Irene, do you have any follow you know, last comments you wanna make about uh what you've been working on? well I'm I know work, you've I've, I know you've done some speaking lately. You've done a couple yeah, of uh library gigs,
3: yeah, I've been lucky. I've working with a Jack canfield trained speaker and he's a great motivational coach, and we are doing presentations together. We've done presentations on the formula that uh success formula that Jack Canfield's always teaching. Events Plus Response Equals Outcome. We did a great one at Floral Park Library. We're doing another one on goal-setting at Valley Stream.
2: Mm. And
3: um, we, he's doing podcasts now, so we're working together to see what comes next for us. So eventually, the whole goal is that eventually we could do a half-day workshop. And then I've got the two online programs that I made, Design Your Happiness, which is a self-coaching program, and I've got Unlock Your Potential, which is it's a coaching program that's very guided. So I'm trying to give people options when it comes to coaching workshops or programs or one-to-one so that they can choose which their best way to advance. And then I've got my book design your happiness, which is something I think introduces people to coaching. So it's it's interesting. That's
0: great. Um, Well, I want to thank you all. This has been terrific. I really appreciate it. Um, and we'll be posting, we've got the podcast for this, uh, for the Hillside um, up already, and then we're working on the Urban League. We're going to record a podcast for that. So uh, thank you very much. Um, and we will talk to you soon. Thank you. Thank, thank you, you so much, so very much, much Mildred. Mildred. Yeah.
3: Appreciate it. It was a pleasure.
0: Hey, could you thank guys you. hang on a second? I wanted sure. to ask you do you have a second? Sure. Definitely. Okay. So I wanted to ask you because I've been working on a part two of a uh uh because of all the changes and in Facebook. First they just changed the uh their focus. Okay, so I figured And Google updated Google search and maps with, which is one of the places I'm going to market this and, and also LinkedIn added so you can blog. And that's one of Irene's areas where she's going for clients. Now the whole security thing has gone off the charts. I mean, I can't even get the show together practically because every week it's, you know, something new. So, what I was wondering, what I'd like to do is ask you a question about how, number one, your marketing, how is this changing? Is it changing anything you're doing? Are you finding less on Facebook? But also, the second part is your security, people, because it's people's records and things, when you're doing things online, are they more concerned about security or they should have been all along but didn't realize it, kind of just uh, so if you could just let me know how your marketing is is different with all the Facebook changes and Google and LinkedIn. If you could uh, maybe, uh, Mark, or Mark, do you want to start since it's more of
1: your field? Well, I'm not sure if it's more of my field. I I have some different marketing things, none of which have really gotten a lot of traction, but um, I know that this is a very big issue and, you know, what's just happened with Facebook has just kind of created even more stress and upset about privacy. Uh, The European union has new laws in place Mm -hmm. that at the, uh, at the ICF uh, global leadership conference, uh, in Vancouver a few weeks ago, there was a whole program that everybody had had a to sit into, you know, through, uh, where they focused on how uh, coaches who who work and have clients in the in the European Union in the EU really have to be extremely extremely careful about how they use social media and and computer. Access and and protecting documents and stuff like that, and and while I was there, I was thinking, you know, this doesn't really apply that much in the U.S. because you know there are HIPAA regulations for people who are uh, medical professionals uh, about medical records. Uh, coaches are not in that category, but it's really perhaps just a, mo- a, a matter of time before there are very serious uh, considerations about how any of this information gets disseminated or, get, or how social media gets used. And, you know, I think it, we have to be mindful of that. Using um, con- computer technology for remote calls, you know, a question you asked before, um, you know, I don't know if there's any way that that gets, you know, that there's a, a long-lasting record of that. I, I don't know how that works, whether it can be hacked. But generally, um, you know, whatever information coaches gather should probably not be stored on a computer just in terms of com- of, of uh, preventing hacking. Um, you know, there are no clear regulations about keeping notes or, or um, you know, in whatever form. Um, I think we have to be very mindful of how we are protecting the confidential- confidentiality and privacy of our clients. So I don't know yes. if uh, uh, Josh and Irene uh, have and more. And even your...
0: Yeah, even your marketing. um, A lot. I use Constant Contact, so that's how I know that it's protected. It's you know um, done properly, so that I don't have to worry about it. But a lot of people don't don't even know that there's a change in the privacy. They might be sending out emails in Gmail. And they have no idea about this. I mean, so, uh, because when I started reading about that, I was like, okay, but I spoke with them and they, you know, constant contact is good and they they have it all dealt with properly. But uh, it's it's important. Um, What about, uh, do you have any thoughts on this, Josh?
2: Uh, it it definitely is a concern for me having uh, coached
0: uh,
2: individuals from countries that are not necessarily our allies and uh, having clients um, that have sought my services to seek political asylum in other countries. So it is a, a concern that I have personally. Um, and, uh, so I, I am very aware of of what what I need to do as a coach um, in terms of what Mark was saying and maintaining private records or destroying certain documents so that these uh, files are are left uh, um, uh, you know in, in the in the in the proper manner. You're supposed to be destroying um, the to getting rid of of certain documents. You don't keep the documents. Um, and so, and and you, and the ones that you do keep, you want to protect them. And so one way to do it, uh, that, that I found with, with resumes is to, and CVs is to take, is to turn them into sample documents and to get rid of the vital information on them. So it's not being shared. Um, when i'm when I'm showcasing a sample to mm-hmm. somebody, they can't see that um that information uh, from the other individual
0: because of uh, a lot of people a lot some people are like, "Oh, I'm getting off Facebook, I'm going someplace else," which you know six to one and a half dozen of the other, as far as I'm concerned but uh are you changing your marketing strategy? Are you using LinkedIn more? Are you using uh, Google's My Business for with search and maps more?